Welcome to Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. me this morning a very very happy Wednesday four days until uh, yes thank you slam and Sam uh, actually we should say slam and Sam it is a sad day for us because it is your last day with us here you're going on to well some may say bigger or better things but no I, I wouldn't you're uh, you're leaving the number one show on mornings in Brisbane to well, to further your career, mate. But anyway, we're going to have a big three hours. The teams are in for Vegas. The Broncos, they've gone for speed over size. They've tapped into the Department of Youth. They've made a big call, the biggest being Corey Oates. 201 games, State of Origins, Grand Finals, and he's not in the 17. Does this mark his cards for the rest of the year? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. A big call or a good call? Is Corey Cooked as a first grader at Red Hill? Um, well, Broncos fans, over to you, 13 13 uh, That's the number to also ring if you'd like to ask Corey Parker some questions. That's right. The other Corey, we'll get the real story from him. He is standing by to get his take on his former teammate. But also, what does it mean for Sunday's game? Sp- speed over size on a narrow field in Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, what teams should go next year? We'll dissect that. Corey Parker coming up in just a few moments' time. Um, We're also going to have a very big Vegas theme. We'll take you to Voss Vegas. Andrew Voss, he's a man who's been there and done it before. When Souths went to the United States, they went to Jacksonville, Florida and played a game against the Leeds Rhinos in 2008. It wasn't until I saw these pictures, I've gone, that's right. That was a thing. Russell Crowe was there on a Harley dressed up in South Sydney gear. So this American experiment has happened before. Look, it wasn't a game for competition points, but we've seen South's been there and do it before. The Rabbitohs. Actually, the Rabbitohs. That's part of our top five today. What are the first things or the top five things you would tell Americans about our game? If you were trying to explain it to them, the greatest game of all, where would you start? Would you have to explain what a Rabbitoh is? Would you tell them who the biggest names are? Where would you start explaining rugby league to Americans? Well, Victorians, for that matter. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Before midday today, I am going to play you snippets of an interview that Jimmy Smith did straight after my show yesterday. Uh, You would have been riveted. You would have been holding on for this. But he spoke to uh, a Queenslander bloke from Cairns, who's uh, a regular on his show. He's got a background in the legal space, but he also spent a lot of time in the United States. His name is Ryan Dufty. There was a lot of feedback after Jimmy's interview with him. A lot of it was, get this negative Nelly off. Uh, This guy, what's he talking about talking down the game? Um, I was captivated by this interview. He stripped down 
exactly what an American market looks like, what rugby league faces as a challenge to get into that market and and really peel back the layers of what reality is and what they face. It's a lot different to what we've been hearing. It's an alternative view. It's an alternative side. But as I said, I, I was captivated by this. I, I want to play you some of it. Uh, as the uh, the morning winds on. We're waiting to hear from Captain Pat Cummins uh, as far as the test match is concerned in New Zealand. Uh, this time tomorrow, that will be underway. Every ball here on SENQ uh, for the next uh, two tests, Australia and New Zealand. Pat Cummins fronting the media alongside his Kiwi counterpart, Tim Southie. So uh, once that drops, we will bring that to you. But let's rep into it for this morning. Nine o'clock every Wednesday, we are touching base with Corey Parker. Corey, a very good morning to you. The teams are in for Vegas. The Broncos have gone for speed over size. Good call? Yeah, yeah morning, Benny. Yeah, good to be on the show and, and moving forward. Look, I mean, for Kevy, it's uh, – well, he's shown his cards, hasn't he? He's gone with Xavier Willison on the bench ahead of Marty Tapao, and he's gone with Mariner ahead of – uh, Corey Oates, which I actually thought Corey Oates, by all the noise coming out of the Broncos over the summer and particularly the, uh, you know, the preseason, uh, was Corey Oates was a lock on the wing. That was how I how I saw it. That's how I read it. Uh, but just right on the eleventh hour before uh, the round one team has been picked, which just let me explain to you about the round one team. It means a it means a lot to be part of that round one team. It, it really solidifies, I suppose, the preseason that you've had. Uh, but more importantly where the coach thinks the team is moving forward. So Corey Oates, there was talk over the summer also that he'd just re-signed and he'd love to stay at the club and his loyalty and he'd sign for unders, etc. to now not be part of the team on uh, what is an iconic moment, historic moment for the game, but in particular with the Brisbane Broncos. So now in the space of two games, he's missed the grand final and he's missed the opportunity to play in Vegas. He would uh, be quite... um, I reckon he'd be quite peeved off, to be fair. But from Kevy's point of view, he's obviously going for youth and speed, as you touched on, over size. Now, the thing for me about the uh, the, the field over there, and we've talked about it on SEN, is is the fact that it's five to six metres more narrower. So you're not going to mm-hmm. go round sides. You are going to go through them, however, which is Corey Oates, uh, one of his great strengths. So I was a little surprised in regards to Corey Oates not being part of the team, but... Um, um, yeah, as I said, it's it's the cards have been sort of dealt and shown, haven't they? Four hundred and forty games plus of experience. So Marty Tapao is not in that uh, seventeen either. Uh, they've gone mm. for Xavier Willison, as I said. So he he's got he's got eleven games under his belt. Dean Marin has got has got six. So there's four nearly four hundred and fifty games of experience not in that seventeen. So Kevy's obviously backing his youth, youth, and he's backing a new left side, Selwyn Cobbo. And Dean Mariner make up that left uh, that left edge, which, on paper, looks a fairly lethal left edge. Just quietly, yeah, it does. It does. I love the inclusion of Cobbo into the centres. I think it'll suit his game right. I think it'll suit his, you know, his involvement in the game. We saw him on the wing at different stages. Uh, looked really uh, fatigued, to be fair. So the fact that he's now gone into the centres, I think that'll really suit him. Mariners outside him. Um, I, I, look, I, I can understand and and sort of digest the whole Xavier Willison over Marty Tapau, oh, you know, going into the team. I, I can. I just wasn't sure about the Corey Oates. So uh, there is a whole new left side, as you just mentioned. No Herbie Farnworth this season. Mm. Uh, Corey Oates is 
kept that wing spot um, warm for a long period of time. He lost it last year, but um, they're going in a new direction, the boys. Yeah, and to be fair, Corey Oates had a, a, a bad run with injury. I mean, what he, he broke did. his jaw, didn't he, against the against the, the Cowboys, and then uh, only a few games back, uh, another injury. Uh, Pat's jumped in on the text. Corey said, hey, boys, long season. Don't be writing off Corey just yet. He, I mean, he, he's handy to have in reserve, isn't he? Like, it's a 200-gamer, origin and grand finals. It's not not bad to have them sitting on the bench, uh, sitting in the wings. Oh, absolutely, it's a long season. And I, I know that more than anyone. And, and look, but where it does lie is emotionally and mentally for Corey Oates to miss a grand final and now miss the game in Vegas. That plays a part. Absolutely mm. plays a part. And Corey can say all the right you know, throw away lines, it's a long season, I'll be there, you know, I'll be training hard, I'll be doing everything I can, etc. But when there's no one around and his head hits the pillow at night, he'll be devastated that he's not part of this outfit, particularly after the sacrifices that he's made, particularly after the pre-season that he's had. Uh, and that's just also part and parcel of professional sport. Not everyone is going to be happy, but um, uh, i got no doubt Corey Oates wouldn't be real happy about it. Okay, because you know him more than most. You've played with him. You've been there. Mm. You can go one of two ways this. You can kick cans or you can use it as as drive and motivation. What is Corey Oates likely to do? Oh, again, I mean, he's he's a professional, you know, paid athlete. Um, He's been at the club for a long period of time. He spoke about his allegiance and his loyalty to the club, which is why he re-signed. Yeah, but what's um, but his personality, Cos? No, I, yeah. I know. Well, uh, again, I, I back Corey Oates to back himself. Um, but if you keep getting knocked down and keep getting, um, you know, uh, chipped away, it does it does have an effect. And I spoke in depth with Corey Oates before he re-signed. He was talking about potential retirement. Uh, and I, I thought that was a, a ludicrous idea from himself, given the fact that he's still got a few years left in his body, I think, uh, and there's still an opportunity for him to play. He's obviously chose Brisbane, um, but he's just... Uh, well, he's, he's been overlooked twice now in two really big games. So uh, he'll have to digest that himself. I think it is a long season. A lot of things can happen. There's a lot of variables. I understand that. But um, the enormity of this game, I mean, you want to be part of it, don't you? Yeah, 100% you do. Uh, what about the Roosters? Uh, you look at them on paper too and you go, oh, this has got to be an absolute bell ringer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got two powerhouse clubs. I mean, the Broncos owned by News Limited, the Roosters run by Nick Politis, a billionaire. So you've got two really, really big powerhouse clubs in the NRL. Then you go to them on paper and they've got superstars littered right across the park. They've got youth, they've got experience. Um, and, and for the Roosters, you look at their team 1-17 to and they have their window of opportunity to win competitions is wide open. They've got a, a team there at the moment who has uh, great skill, who has toughness, who has experience. Uh, this contest is going to be very, very good. Uh, you know, you throw the inclusion, and it hasn't really been spoken about, to be honest, throw the inclusion of Spencer Lenu, who has won three three competitions in a row and has spent uh, his majority, if not all of his career, coming off the bench in a weapon-style asset for uh, Ivan Cleary and, and, and the Panthers. Now he gets injected into the starting pack mm-hmm. alongside Lindsay Collins, alongside Brandon Smith, alongside Satili Tupanua, alongside Victor Radley. So they've got some aggression. They've got great leg speed. And then you go out to the backs. I mean, it's littered. Uh, Tedesco, Tupo, uh, you know, Manu, these sorts of players. So it's it, it shapes up as a great contest.
Kiri Walker in the halves up against Mam and Reynolds. It's outstanding stuff too. When you just look through that pack, the the run-on mm. pack for the Roosters, internationals littered everywhere. And a commentator's nightmare as well. I think there's three Smiths in the side. Billy Smith in the centres, Brandon at hooker, and Sandon on the bench. So, Smith, fair chance of touching the ball. Outstanding stuff. <laughs> All right, what about uh, the uh, the um, uh, the opener to the doubleheader, the first game of the doubleheader, Manly and the the Bunnies? Um, again, you, you look at the stars that are a galaxy of stars there and you have a look at the two number ones, Turbo yeah. versus Luttrell. Yeah, very much so. You talk about superstars of our game. There's no two bigger superstars in number one than those two guys. And uh, my good mate, Nick Innes, who works alongside um, Anthony Seabolt at the Manly Seagulls, has spoken highly about Turbo. He has absolutely done everything he can possibly do in the off-season. His body is 100% right, which is a good thing for not only Turbo and Manly, but the game of rugby league. I think we saw that. Uh, a couple of years ago, and he won the Dally M. Just what sort of influence he can have. On the flip side to that, well, Latrell, I, I don't think I've seen a start of a season uh, where Latrell looks to be in a really, really good space. I mean, it, the you know the All Stars game, he was he embraced that as you would expect. There was a smile on his face. He looked good across the park. Uh, the trial games, he's embraced the whole. Uh, US, uh, you know, the, the game over there. I think he wants to call it Trelliant Stadium, not Alliant. He, he, I'm like, he's on board, Trell. Trell Vegas. Board and he, yeah. Trell, Trell Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I saw a social media post from him. He's got the he's got the cowboy hat on. He's in, in he's he's in the scene. So uh, that suggests to me that you know. Uh, yeah, and Latrell's in for a big season, let alone a big game coming up. And these players, don't, don't underestimate, these players are all NFL fans, right? So they would have w- watched the Super Bowl. They would have watched Patrick Mahomes come up with that last-ditch effort to get uh, the you know, Kansas City Chiefs mm. home in that Super Bowl. They'll want to, you know, they'll know that they're playing on that ground. Um, they'll want to be part of that. They'll want to light that field up. And there's no one better in a big occasion than those two guys. So uh, Manly up against South to kick off the 2024 season is a good one. I'm looking at the two packs. You'd think the Bunnies have the, um, I guess, the better pack on paper. You've got Origin players, uh, Murray, Arrow, Kulamatungi uh, for Souths, Damien Cook, of course, running the show out of Dummy Half. Uh, the Travojevic brothers, all three of them, will be starting yes. for the first time. You've got Ben and Jake uh, in the uh, the back row as uh, a loose forward, or at least uh, Jake at number 13 as a middle forward. So the, the game style, did you expect between Broncos and Roosters and, and then Souths and, and uh, Manly, do, do you think they'll be playing the same type of of game considering the field that they're playing on yeah i do i do i i I think well when you think the roosters it's off the back of that power game particularly through the middle and they got some real strike on the edges which is where they get the ball to after they've made a real dent in the middle uh the broncos very similar real powerful through the middle then uh they got some really uh, good strike the the bunnies however well, they like to play that up flat and fast, but they're a left-side dominant side. So you go to Cody Walker has been in- injected into yeah. that team. There was huge concerns that he wouldn't be part of that round one game. So that's a, a big up for them uh, also. So And then you go across to Manly. Now, Manly, th- th- they can play a few different styles. That, you know, when you really peel back their layers, 
you know, when you've got somebody like Daly Terry Evans, who is so versatile and so skillful uh, with the likes of, of, you know, Tommy out the back, but also, again, not, not many people have spoken about Luke Brooks. Yeah. Luke Brooks comes into part, partner Daly Terry Evans in the halves. Now, Luke Brooks is a great halfback uh, in his own right. Now, he's going to play second fiddle to DCE, so he's just got to have to worry about his own game. So they've got some really, really good combination and pairing there. It'll sure it'll take time, uh, but I expect to, play, to see Manly play a slightly different game uh, than what we see South. So uh, really interesting to see how it'll unfold. I, I like that I'm a big, uh, I've got a big rap on Sean Kepi, who, uh, who was at Manly, is now across at South. I think his best football's still ahead of him. I, I think if he is able to uh, you know, do the right things and learn under the right players. He is with, well within uh, a representative forward. So uh, a lot to like right across the park. But you just pull, if you just pulled three or four stars out of each side, well, it doesn't matter if they're playing in Vegas or, or over here in Australia. Um, they're the biggest stars in our game. So it's great to see. All right, that leads us into the question, which we'll get to after the break. 20 past nine this Wednesday morning. Corey Parker, my guest, as he will be every Wednesday between 9 and 9.30. Uh, what is the criteria? What should be the criteria for Vegas teams going forward? It's something I'm going to put to Corey. Uh, and also, what should we be telling Americans? What's your first thing, the top five things we should start by telling Americans about our game. Is it the big name stars? Is it the rules? Is it, well, you tell me. 131355 0467 736 736. SENQ on a Wednesday morning. We're taking Brisbane to Las Vegas. This is Mornings with Ben Davis right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736 or call 1313 55. Uh, yeah, the Brisbane Broncos. Kevy has gone for the Department of Youth. He's gone for the youngsters over uh, the old heads, the experience for Vegas. Corey Parker, my guest, the calls, uh, sorry, the texts are coming through, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm going to put those questions to Corey. Um, but because this is the Sports Entertainment Network and, and we do not like to keep secrets from you, I am going to share the conversation that Corey and I just had during the commercial break because I think there's bigger picture stuff here and it's to do with mowing lawns and cutting grass. Is it okay to cut someone else's grass, Corey Parker? And I am talking literally someone else's lawn. Being in the conversation we were having, there's a house behind us, the neighbours. Uh, I don't know if anyone still lives there. It's quite an old property, but the grass is fair income up to your waist. Like it is so high on the footpath in the yard. Is it okay if I just go around and cut it? Yeah, I had to make it really clear between us. There's a couple of parameters when you ask the question. Is it okay to cut someone else's grass? The lawn. If it, Mow. Lawn. Yeah. Mow. Mm. If, if it wasn't a paid uh, service, yeah. I was going to say no. So that I was thinking, oh, if it was just your neighbour or something, you're just going to cut his grass or you wanted someone to cut yours? No. If it's a family member like your father, that's fair enough. If yep. you are paying somebody to come and cut your grass, that is also fair. But I do give an exception. In your instance, when you're talking about a house over the back, you should ask the squatters to cut it just quietly. <laughs> and don't know if anyone's you know, for, for safety reasons, I would actually go over there and cut it myself. Okay, yeah. so, so it's... I think you have, I think you have a, a loophole in the grass cutting uh, department. 
50-50 safety. I reckon there'd definitely be snakes living there, but also street appeal. Like you, you can see it from you can see it from the from the International Space Station. That's how long this grass <laughs> is. If if you were living next door and I came in and, and cut it, would you be asking me questions like, "Mate, what are you doing? This is not your house." No, nah, no, nah, I'd be. So happy I'm free to, to do, do this. Yeah, you're okay to do that. All right, seal of approval from Corey Parker, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. The big topics this morning, is it okay to cut someone else's grass? Corey, uh, let me see. Murray's text in. With the field with the crease, do you occasionally drop a man out of the back line and let the ball do the work? I see the inside ball playing getting a big workout. That's from Murray. Yeah, I think he's spot on. I think uh, I don't. I think um, from an attacking point of view, and I heard Adam Reynolds talk about it in an interview this morning. Uh, it's not going to worry the defence so much. It's more going to be the attack. So you won't see Reese Walsh swinging on a big arc out the back and finding a winger because there's just not enough room, you know, internally. So I do see more inside balls, which is why I touched on before. You know, the power game, particularly the Payne Haas and the Pat Carrigan, Spencer Lenews, and that. Uh, you know, Lindsay Collins will really come to the forefront and once they've generated some play the ball speed then they'll just play off the back of that you won't see or I don't think you will see teams find genuine space on an edge out wide yeah, I think we saw that at Broncos Cowboys, didn't we? In that trial, a lot of inside ball between uh, Tristan Saylor, Reese Walsh, uh, coming down the down the middle as well. Um, Corey, we, we've got our four teams locked in, obviously for this weekend. That that's a given. Who goes next year? How, how do you decide that? Yeah, really good question, isn't it? I mean, this year, obviously, the four teams that have gone was strategically picked, and um, you know, with Russell Crowe and. Uh, you know, Politis and News Limited, etc. I think whoever wins the competition must be a lock. They are a lock. They've earned the right to go. And now if that uh, happens to be a team on multiple years, I'm okay with that. i pose this one to you. If you do win the competition, why can't we have a triple header at Vegas where the UK team meets in Vegas, like a halfway, the Australian team meets in Vegas, they play that game before the two NRL games. The World Club whoever, Challenge. The World Club Challenge. Yes. Whoever plays in the World Club Challenge takes the bye in the NRL the following week, a la what the Tigers are doing this week, so they don't miss out. Yeah. How's that go? Yeah, no, I There's like something that. for you. Well, there you go. Imagine a triple, a triple header in Vegas with a UK side. Mm. The best of the best. Has Corey got it? Has he nailed it? 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Before I let you go, mate, um, top five today is where do you start with Americans? What do you tell them about our game? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't want to disrespect any Americans that are listening, but um, <laughs> You're about uh, to. Quite, sim- quite simply, they don't, abs- they don't care about the game. So we just got to do, like, think about if you were trying to learn the game of NFL and someone was telling you the rules, yeah. you just dead said drift off to sleep. But if someone said, hey, there's a guy called Patrick Mahomes or there's a guy called Tom Brady, you just got to tell them names. So tell them some of the superstars to keep an eye on. Pump the superstars up. They'll gravitate towards them and then they'll just yahoo from the hilltops. All right. Tell them the big names. Sell them the big names. That's where Corey would go. Mate, absolute pleasure. We will do it again Monday, 9am, the hour of power. Corey Parker in studio will dissect what happens in Vegas. It won't be staying in Vegas. You'll hear it right here. Uh, The home of sport in Bris Vegas. Half past nine, it's time to get a news hit.
Jeez, great stuff from Corey Parker, wasn't it? Taking us inside the head of Broncos teammates, inside the Broncos den, 13-13, stable, not den, 13-13-55-0467-736-736. We are doing it today, all thanks to Macca's proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. John has said, telling Americans about rugby league, I'd point to Alan Langer and say he's one of the greatest ever. Have a look at the size of him. Our game is for everyone. Hey, Grant, really good shout. Uh, Grant, John, very good shout, mate. Appreciate it. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. John, I will get to your text in just a moment. Uh, what about this one from Sharkstar? First time contributing. Love the channel. There we go. Long time. Listener, first time texter. One thing I'd tell the Yanks about our game, you can't pass forward. Sharks will hopefully go next year. Sharkster, thank you. Uh, under what criteria would the Sharks go? Actually, well then, let's get into this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. All right, who's off to Vegas next year? Because if the NRL is serious about promoting rugby league to the US, then surely the best teams have got to go, right? Each year, each and every year. The best of the best, yeah? It's like Top Gun, the best of the best. You finish top four, you walk through the door to Vegas. Pretty simple, right? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Or, or would you share it around? Because that's what PVL has flagged. Flagged it right from the beginning. How do you decide to go each year? Or sorry, how do you decide who goes each year? Five years, they'll be doing this, this being year one, four games. Uh, four teams each year. So there'll be 20 games. Do you have the propensity and the capacity for every child to win a prize? Every team could go to Vegas once. But surely that's not a thing, right? I mean, imagine trying to sell the greatest game of all with the Raiders and Tigers or the Dragons and Bulldogs. Me think it amazing. No, Block, it's not, because the greatest game of all could be the greatest shame of all. Which one is it? Come on, come on, come on. When you have this extravaganza in the entertainment capital of the world, when it was announced seven months ago, Peter Volandi said this. It's important to note that over the five-year term, every team will get their opportunity to play in Vegas. Pete Bedell reported that career mail, July 2. Maybe there's something in the wording of that. Every team will get their opportunity to play in Vegas. We'll come back to that in just a sec. But should they? Should every team get a crack at doing this based on what? Fairness? I thought this was the business of professional sport, the cutthroat world of where results are everything and livelihoods actually depend on winning and those results. So where does fairness come into that? Should every team get a go at playing in the show pay, a showpiece weekend in the biggest market on the planet? I don't think so. Do you? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. What would you do? Who would you send? How would you decide who plays Vegas, who represents the NRL on the world stage for the next half a decade? As it stands... Clubs get to submit an expression of interest. They have to outline a few criteria on what they would bring to the party. How would they market it? What benefits they would provide? And how they are going to assist in the whole initiative. That's what happened this time. 
Blake Solly, the South CEO, after getting the nod, he said, well, we did it on the back of our submission, having previously had the experience of taking a game to the United States. That was in 2008. Quick refresher, it was Australia Day. They played the lead rhino, Leeds Rhinos. It was an exhibition game. It was in Jacksonville, Florida. Russell Crowe was there. He was on a Harley with uh, painted in South Sydney colours, if you remember. But here's the other thing with South. I'm tipping Russell Crowe. Just that name, just his presence, that made a fair difference or at least a fair case in their submission of taking it to the United States. Probably the same thing with Hugh Jackman being a manly supporter. But what has Hugh done? I haven't seen or heard a thing from him. So that star power isn't being utilised. South's missed the finals this year. Didn't even make the top eight. So not even top four. So should they have gone this year? Manly's the same. They, they finished 12th last year. So why are they there? Oh, that's right. Hugh Jackman, that's right. Is that enough for you to take a team to the United States? Is it the tangible stuff? Is it the outside stuff? Or should it come down to what happens on the field? I mean, at least the Broncos made the grand final, right? The top two. And, of course, the name Murdoch. Lachlan opens a fair few doors in the United States, I would have thought. So who do you decide who goes next year? Who's going to be our showpiece for the greatest game of all into the greatest sporting market of all? Who would you choose? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Top four? Seems logical, doesn't it? The only flaw that I can see against that is they actually decided in August and, and probably would have to decide again in August who goes to Vegas. So long before the top eight and the top fours decided. And why do they decide in August? Well, it's because of you, the fans. You need time to plan and probably most importantly, save. So you can go and support your team in Vegas and make the trip over there. That's the only floor I can see in the top four. Because by the time the top four comes around, it's what, we're coming into September? Not too far from August, but still, time's everything. That extra couple of weeks of saving and planning, right? Should the top four be automatically through the door or should every team get a chance to showcase their wares in Vegas? What would you do? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Let's go straight to the open line. Uh, Sean, very good morning to you. Yeah, g'day, mate. How are you? Very well. Who would you take to Vegas and why? Mate, being a Kiwi, I'm obviously biased, but I'd probably say the Warriors. Um, you see Jason Momoa nearly every time the All Black Sevens or the All Blacks are playing. Um, wearing an All Black jersey or New Zealand jersey. You've also got Tizi Waiti. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I just reckon that'd be a good fit. A good fit. They play a good style of footy as well. I mean, it's good branding. It's big units. It's fast. It's great attacking footy. Maybe you have to look at the attack side of things, points for rather than points against, because you can have a great defensive team, but is that always a great spectacle? I don't think so. I think it's just more the pull power. You know what I mean? Like the, the NRL's trying to make their, their game relatable yeah. to Americans, and the best way to relate it to them is through the star power. And New Zealand, the Warriors bring a point of difference just from the other side of of the fifty, you know what I mean? I just think it'd be a good move. Outstanding. Sean, thank you. The Warriors, the star power, Jason Momoa as well. I mean, yeah, he's got the All Blacks jersey on. Do you get him into the uh the Waz jersey? 
again, that's the tangible stuff. That's the pre-promote. But when the rubber hits the road or the boots hit the grass, does that count? Should it count for anything? The actual teams that apply? Um, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to sit through and now sift through some of the famous supporters for different teams. Dragons, dragon supporters, famous dragon supporter. Uh, Raiders supporters. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone wearing the big milk jersey. Doggy supporters. Doggies. Okay. Mm. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Hey, Ben, I'd send the West Tigers if it was a touch footy game. I think that'd be great. JJ. Outstanding. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Back with more than this. Who goes to Vegas next year and why? Top four, right? Surely. Lock it in now. No? SENQ, your new home of sport here in Queensland. This is Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736 or call 131355. There's a star. Yes, star power. It seems that's what everyone's jumping on now as in picking teams. But also, what do you tell the Americans about rugby league? Straight up, that's our top five today. Do you tell them the rules? Yeah, that'd be lost in about 30 seconds, wouldn't they? Or do you explain to them the teams, the history? I mean, the, the, the bunnies, the rabbitos history. Actually, you'd probably have to explain what a rabbito is, wouldn't you? Hmm. Do, do you... Do you go through Super League? Do you explain history? Uh, and the history and the storytelling of games, that, that is important, isn't it? Where do you just go, who has the most famous supporter? Who, who's St. George's most famous supporter? Or the Bulldogs? Raiders? Anyone? Anyone? A few of them? Anyone? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736, 28 degrees here on a Wednesday morning. Another warm one, topping out at over 30 as well. Uh, text coming through. Hey, Ben, I oh, know we've done that one about the West Tigers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about rivalries of the same names as NFL teams, like the Dolphins and Cowboys? Ah, George, nice. Nice, 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 nice. Exactly. Teams that they may have some sort of assimilation with because of the names. They're familiar with Dolphins. They're familiar with Cowboys, aren't they? They're not familiar with Rabbitohs. Uh, we'll take you to Las Vegas, Voss Vegas. That's right. Andrew Voss on the ground for us, SEN. He's over there calling Fox footy as well. Um, he's been there and done this before as far as rugby league in the States. He was calling that game that Souths put on, an exhibition game, the Australia Day game against Leeds back in 2008. What's changed this time? What lessons have they learned from it? Uh, what's what's he seen on the ground in Vegas doing that after 10 o'clock? Uh, Mike, good morning to you. Teams in Vegas, who would you pick and why? Well, oh, I was more going to come at it from what you were saying with Peter Volandi saying it comes with opportunity. I think he meant to add to that influence and money will give you the opportunity because uh, that, that's the criteria straight up. Those sides finished around the middle or uh, towards the bottom, um, some of them. Obviously not the Broncos. So, yeah, look, I, I don't know what the criteria is going to be going forward. Um, if, you were, I, if you were setting it, what would you do? Oh, I kind of like the idea that that text is said about and being a Cowboys supporter, but yeah. you might just 
snatch a few uh, Dallas Cowboys um, yeah. supporters uh, with Valentine Holmes. They may remember, you know. Uh, That's right, with yeah. his time at the Jets um, over there, yeah. Dol- Dolphins are the same. Yeah. Broncos, Denver Broncos. Um, who else do we who else yep. do we have floating around in the NRL that yeah, has similar um, names? Yeah. Yeah, the Raiders. Oh, maybe that's it. The Panthers. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the Panthers. Well, straight away. Premier's three years yeah. running. Surely you surely you take them. Uh Mike, good yeah. on you. We'll keep going because we've got those more tech we've got texts and calls keep coming through. 13 13 55 0467736. I'm laughing, sorry, I've pre-read this. Why are we questioning who should be in Vegas when we're four days out? Stupid question. But as for the future years and contestants, should be firstly, it's a stupid question, but it's being answered. So anyway, and there's don't worry, there's plenty more answers coming through. So uh, no name on this, but okay, sure. Um, for future years, the answering the stupid question apparently, uh, the contestants should be a mix of both strong and weaker teams, i.e., the top two play the two lower teams to, to be competitive, and then the game should advance after this club sides. Go there where their logos are known. So there we go. We're getting a few of those coming in about Dolphins, Cowboys, uh, Broncos, Raiders, Panthers, teams that they can assimilate because they are with the NFL. Look, just on that, it, it's not a stupid question. It's not just because I asked it either. This is a five-year plan in and longer-term stuff with the NRL. If they haven't planned already for who's going next year, then what's the point? Yeah, they're about to execute stage one of that plan. But you can't have a five-year plan without five years' worth of planning, right? That's why the question's got to be asked. Who does go next year? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Creeping up to 9.53 this Wednesday morning. This is Mornings with Ben Davis, right across the SEN network in Queensland and streaming on the SEN app. Text us anytime, 0467 736 736. Or call 131355. Ah, uh, yes, remember the name, Jan Nicol Lofty Eaton. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He is the new international T20 record holder for the fastest ever century in a T20 international. He plays for Namibia and he's whacked it against Nepal. Mm. 33 balls it took him to belt that international T20 world record. 33 balls for triple figures. That's quick. He's 22 years of age. Uh, and he came in with Nanibia sitting at three for 62 in the 11th over. 11 fours and eight sixes. He ended up with 101 off 36. So a new world record. Uh, obviously, we know Chris Gale has smashed the quickest T20 hundred off 30 balls, but that was in the IPL. So it wasn't in a T20 international. I think Rashad Pant has, uh, he's got another one, hasn't he? Against, uh, that was in the IPL too, wasn't it? Yes, 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 yes. 32 balls, 33 balls for one, one, sorry, Jan Nickel Lofty Eaton. He's got a very big name there too. Hyphenator and everything. Uh, Andrew Simons for the records. Kent v Middlesex, 34 balls for Simo. Yes, how good that was. We do remember that. Uh, coming up to 10 o'clock, I'm going to take you to Voss Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Bris Vegas, Las Vegas. Andrew Voss is there too. He, he's been there and done it before with American uh, Americans being exposed to rugby league. 
Where do you start with actually telling them about the game? What's the first thing you would say? Is it the star power? Is it the rules? Who to look out for? Maybe explaining what a rabbit o is. 10 o'clock here on SEM.